Thursday, mostly sunny and cool with a high around 35. The extended outlook Tuesday, cloudy with a chance of snow possibly mixed with rain. A sizable snow accumulation is possible with a high of 36. Wednesday, a mix of clouds and sun, high 39. Thursday, partly cloudy and nice with a high of 42. And then next Friday, cloudy and cooler with a high of 35. Remember, if you'd like a daily forecast to your smartphone or portable device, text the word weather to 39327. That's a service of King's Campers. You can also get the six-day forecast and street-level zoom-in radar 24-7. Just visit WSAU.com weather. Well, good morning and welcome here to Saturday in the Studio. I'm Tom King, and we are joined today by attorney Alan Haugam, Haugam Law Firm in Wausau, pinch-hitting for Merle Kelch, who, of course, is taking his annual trip hunting for Bambi and Bambi's uh, relatives. Allegedly. Yeah, well, I, I, I that's think right. we, that's right. we, we'll see if uh, it's there's 19, any. It's 19 degrees this morning. We don't know oh, if uh, Merle's a, outside at all. It's a little less than 60, so I think we're going <laughs> to... But uh, we are here to take your questions, 715-845-2155. Alan Haugam, an estate planning attorney, I guess that, that would be the best way to describe your uh, area of expertise, right? It is, yeah. You know, the uh, as we've talked on the show, uh, you know, the uh, uh, the law school treats you and, and, and trains you for everything. <laughs> but uh, what really what we have found do you want vote, is— Do you want questions about voting canvassing today? Or? You know, if we could, we usually we do talk <laughs> about—we can call with any legal question— <laughs> And uh, you know there there are a couple of specialties I maybe don't uh, I, I, I mean, don't. Rudy went to law school too, you know. That's that's true, and and has a quite a, a prolific record and a historic record. Um, but uh, that's not my expertise. Okay, Tom. All right. I think okay. I, I'm more in the uh, just estate planning and elder law, and uh, and it really does it, it. It's one of those where eventually everyone uh, uh, does, or maybe maybe a better way to put it, everyone should. In my opinion, you know, just get things situated, get things done, get things in writing, make sure that what you have goes to the people you want. Uh, and of course, as we've joked about on the show before, you know, no one has ever come into our office and said, you know what, I got an idea. I want to make this more complicated, more complex, take longer, more work, and be a lot more expensive. Can we figure out that plan? Well, Tom, 20 something years into this, I've never gotten that, uh, mm-hmm. that request. But people say, I would like to make this easier. Easier for the people who would come after me. Presumably, the people you're giving things to are people you like, possibly even love. And you say, uh, I want to make things easier for them. Less work, less time, less cost, less court. Uh, you know, but, but obviously, yeah, the money side of it is, is can, we, can we save some, keep more in the family? Well, in our world of today where you know, folks are getting sick very quickly and in some cases dying very quickly within a matter of days, maybe not having your ducks in a row is, is, is costing some people not only money but heartbreak as well. Yeah, it has become an issue uh, for us. For uh, you know, it's it's the type of thing. I think, Tom, you're exactly right. That and not necessarily even the folks who have uh, COVID. You know, this is uh, obviously you know 2020 is just historic for for uh, several reasons. But the the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic sweeping across is is causing just difficulty in some of the facilities where someone would go. You know, we have, uh, we, we've had things where uh, a person has a stroke, nothing related to COVID-19, nothing at all, nothing in the family, they're not, you know, any of those things, uh, has a stroke and needs to go to a facility, needs to go to a rehab facility. And suddenly uh, a spouse or the, the family members will say, we just don't have enough of those documents. Like, we didn't think this was going to happen. It's happened uh, much sooner than we thought. Uh, it's happened out of the blue. There was no warning signs at all. And suddenly, um, you know, just a blink of an eye, someone is in the hospital and, and 
and the, the visitation is restricted and they are to a rehab facility, in some cases, visitation is just eliminated. You know, just you cannot go and visit those people. And you say, well, wait a minute, we got to sign some things. Or maybe we have a health issue that now is declining rapidly and they can sign things. You know, they are, they are competent to sign things now, but that is not going to be the case a week from now or, or two weeks from now or, or maybe even sooner. You know, what do you do? So it really has put a premium on planning things ahead of time. You know, and it's, it's just one more reason to. It wasn't like, uh, you know, prior to 2020, there wasn't a need to sign things. You know, this always could happen. It just has become, it's, it's accentuated so much more and just become so much more uh, relevant. Can most of the problems be avoided by the simple act of getting a, a power of attorney for health care? Well, I would say uh, powers of attorney for health care and finances combined uh, are just kind of the, the basics. You know, just to have that. You know, the power of attorney for healthcare in Wisconsin is uh, pretty easy. Uh, it's a state form. They haven't changed that state form uh, meaningfully in well over 20 years, almost 30 years now. Uh, is essentially the same language. And just to, to have it filled out correctly. Now, there's some things on there that you do have to fill out correctly, uh, but it's not real darn difficult. And you should do that well before the person you're talking about gets sick or oh, absolutely. is facing problems. Yeah, and it's you know, it is one where, I mean, realistically, every adult should fill that out. You know, every 18-year-old should fill that out. It's easy. You can pick one up at the clinic. You can pick it up at the at, at the hospital. You can get it online for free. Um, although I, I couldn't tell you, you know, how many times, I, it, we've literally lost count of how many times people have said, oh, no, no, I have that power of attorney for health care. No, no, I've got that one already. You know, we can do all the rest of the stuff. I've got that power of attorney for health care. I mean, I got it at the clinic. They handed it to me. Well, I mean, I filled it out, or I filled half it out. I, mean, I haven't had it, like, signed and witnessed and things, <laughs> but I've got that. I mean, I've had it for, like, three years. You know, you say, well, it doesn't count until it is signed and witnessed by the proper witnesses, you know, not your family, uh, uh, not your healthcare professional. You know, it's not too hard to find some disinterested witnesses. But So that is one that is commonly... And, uh, yeah, even though I'm in the studio, I can see all you folks out there in Radio Land shaking your head yes because you know that, that you have this copy sitting somewhere under a stack of papers in your, you know, in, in your home office. So I think part of it is just getting that done. So power of attorney for health care, very easy to do. Uh, just make sure it's filled out correctly and it actually is signed and witnessed. The power of attorney for finances, that is uh, kind of a pitfall for um, the unwary. And the part of it is, Wisconsin also has a form document for that, uh, and again, uh, you know, you can you can pick that one up somewhere for free. I'm sure you can get a form, you know, just uh, you know, I'm sure you can download a ten dollar form from somewhere. And there's fifty different versions of this, and I would say most of them are not good. Most of them would not do what you want. In fact, uh, as strange as it sounds, and it's a little bit counterintuitive, but they by signing that you are locked into a position where you cannot do all of the planning that you would normally think that it does. And you say, well, wait a minute, you know, how does that work? Uh, and really what happens is for finances, uh, the state, for whatever reason, has become very, uh, very paternalistic, meaning they, they think they know what's best for you more than you know what's best for you. Uh, on the financial side of this. So what they would do is say that this power of attorney for finance might let you uh, uh, just sign some checks. You know, yep. So in the end, there's there's lots of paragraphs, and but what, what they will end up doing is saying, yeah, you could grab the checkbook and pay the monthly bills, but if you had to move any assets from one place to another uh, because of 
your your health situation or because of your for just your financial situation at the time and you weren't able to do it now this will lock people out of that and you say well wait a minute that's not what i wanted i pick someone i trust first of all um, because it's a pretty big deal but there, there are certain things that you want that power of attorney for finances to do, uh, and you can get very specific about it and very particular for your situation. But the, the, the state form will lock you out of that. And you say, well, that's, that's exactly the opposite of what I want. But is, is, for whatever reason, that is the, the form they've had, and I guess the legislature uh, in years since uh, has uh, uh, just taken the, the position that that's not on the top of our list to revise, <laughs> and uh, it is just... We, we quite have, been swept we haven't aside. figured out what is on the top of the list of the legislature at this point, but, you know, they're, they're, a, still, they're still thinking about that. Yeah. We'll grab the Rosetta Stone someday <laughs> yeah, and kind yeah, of yeah. translate that. But uh, it's, you know, but it is, I think, when you come to the basic building blocks, I think what you do is you start with those two. For sure, power of attorney for health care, easy. Power of attorney for finances, a little bit more thought. You know, we get some help with that one. You know, that, that's probably the attorney side of it. But I think that's where we're going to start with everyone. All right, let's go to the phone here this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? This is Andy. Hey, Andy, you're on with Alan. Go ahead. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. Hey, I have a trust that uh, was done when my children were preteens, and now they are both in college. How often should we be updating our trust? Sure. Well, I think the uh, uh, when you think about it, Andy, uh, what we would say is there are a number of different um, just just basic kind of life milestones if nothing unusual happens in your family. So it's not that someone passed away or, or, or someone was, you know, came into the family, you know, you adopted or you had, you know, major financial changes. I would say the big milestones would be, uh, you know, at some point you get all these basic documents, but you might be very young and you have uh, uh, children and you just want a guardian, say good. Or sometimes you're just married. You don't have children. Um, you just, or you're single and you want to say who gets things. So just the very basics, which I think, you know, that would be, you know, you describing it, uh, kids as preteens. Good. You certainly want to name a guardian just in case uh, uh, parents are not living. Where would the kids live? Where would all of your assets, your 401k and your, you know, life insurance at work, you know, where does that go so the kids don't get the money on their 18th birthday? Good. Because kids, when they get the money on their 18th birthday, um, usually do not go to college. So we, we know that didn't happen because uh, that's what your kids are doing. So you say, okay, we've got that. That's the basics. Um, you know, the next stage probably would be at some point if you say, well, we're not worried about the kids. We don't need guardians anymore. Um, I don't even know if them being in college changes a whole lot, uh, partly because, uh, you know, although uh, they, they might become adults legally, uh, you know, 18 in Wisconsin says you're an adult. It probably doesn't mean that that's the time, as we said, that, that you'd want your life savings to go into their hands. If you have kids in college and suddenly something happened that parents were no longer living and every dollar of every, like we said, life insurance policy, retirement account, money in the bank, any equity in the house, anything you received as an inheritance a generation ago, if all of that goes as one lump sum and you give it to these two kids, uh, it's, it's sometimes you know, it's difficult to maintain the motivation in college. Sometimes tough to get up for those uh, 8 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes, and suddenly kids say, I think I'm going to take a year off. Uh, you know what? I think I'm just going to deal with this. I think I'm going to, you know, take two years off. Uh, I'll be back. Don't worry. I'll be back. And sometimes life just happens, and, and what we have found is it is very common for kids never to get back onto that same career path, that same education path. So I think what you do is, is maybe right now nothing, um, at least because, not because of the kids, 
you know, you still say, if the two of you passed away, when would the kids have the right to the money outright? You know, they could use it for college, use it for all the responsible things, use it for a down payment on a house. But maybe they aren't going to be um, getting the lump sum if something happens to you until they're at least 25. Maybe better idea might even be closer to 30. You know, whoever's going to handle the money when they were kids might still be the best person for the money now. Now, as you get a little further and you say, well, wait a minute, what if they are 24, 25, 27? Um, maybe they are into the relationships that might turn into a spouse. Maybe they're married. And you say, now I'm more concerned. I'm not concerned with, with giving them the money. They're kind of into their career. They're done with college. They're, 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 or they're into, even if they didn't go to college, they're into whatever their you know, career they are going to get into. Now you're more concerned that uh, if you give your life savings to a child, what if two years later, you know, their new spouse comes home with a midlife crisis and says they want a divorce? Well, whatever you gave to a child, uh, uh, I think the, uh, you know, the classic uh, uh, description here in Wisconsin is that six out of the seven ways you can give things to a child are going to get divided 50-50 if they get divorced sometime later. And you say, well, wait a minute. If six out of the seven ways get, get divided 50-50 at divorce, well, Andy, why don't you give things to your kids the seventh way that doesn't get divided 50-50? And, and you say, yeah, that makes sense. It's my life savings going to my kids. I think that makes sense. So that would be a, a great example of something you want to make sure is in your trust um, uh, and kind of as the years go by. So I don't think the kids just being in college is the trigger, but I think you're coming up to when that would be. And, of course, once the kids get to an age where you say, you know what, now the kids are you know, 28 or 30 or whatever the age is where you say, I, I, don't, you know, I, I don't want to pass away, but if I did, I'm pretty confident that my kids are responsible enough to handle these finances. They could handle that lump sum and still be the same responsible people that they've been. Um, now I don't need my brother or my sister or my best friend to, or, or, or the local trust company to oversee this. Now that, Andy, I think is a good time to go back in, take a look at it, and, and name the kids. What we have now is really a 1984 sort of culture. We were warned. With a really high level of technology. And we didn't listen. Being exploited by both private sector and uh, government, which can also utilize that information for both good and bad. Coast to Coast AM. I think we've gone too far, maybe too fast, without enough dialogue about where the throttle ought to be. On WSAU and WSAU.com. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King, along with attorney Alan Haugam, Haugam Law Firm here in Wausau, pinch-hitting for Merle Kelch today. 715-845-2155. If you have a question about planning your estate, um, what happens before, what happens after, all of the things you can do to prepare, tax the tax ramifications of all of this, uh, basically you deal with all of that stuff. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's, it's almost an extension of Andy's question. You know, Andy says... Uh, you know, that uh, uh, I, I believe the way he phrased it, he said that he drafted a trust when his kids were preteen. Now they're in college. You know, what are the stages where you would change things? So we kind of walked through that and said, well, it's, you know, the early stages of just adulthood, you know, whether you're single or you're married. You know, if you have children, there's one more wrinkle to it. Um, if you have children, that does change a little bit as to uh, the stages. You know, like we said, kids are young, they're minors. You have one thing. Kids become adults. You have a little bit of a thought, but really doesn't change a whole lot other than not needing guardians anymore. You still wouldn't put those 18, 20, 22-year-olds in charge of your life savings. Uh, but, but as they get closer to 25, 30 in that range, yeah, we do start thinking that those are the people you probably would think about um, putting in charge of your finances if you passed away. Um, and it, it's, it's a good thing. You know, we do want kids to um, 
it's kind of, you know, quote unquote, graduate to that next level of maturity. I think where it becomes, and Andy, I think the, the thing to, to go beyond that is as you then get older, um, as you get closer to retirement, what we usually set up is the, uh, the next generation. And that is, uh, as we were talking about a little bit before, that's the long-term care. That's the elder care side. And no, I don't mean that uh, if you're 55 it, it, that you are elderly. Not at all. At least I hope not. At least, uh, but the, you know, what we're really talking about is just really planning for that future and, and just kind of mapping it out. Same way you would map out retirement. You know, you kind of map out the, uh, the, those years uh, legally. Well, nobody wants nobody wants to think about that. They, you know, think they're indestructible and they're going to be healthy until the day they die. Yeah, and it, hopefully you are, and, and that's a long, long time. Um, I talked to someone. I talked to a very ambitious twenty-one-year-old uh, yesterday, uh, whose goal is to live to age one hundred and two because then he can live in three centuries. He said it's uh, you know ninety-nine, all of this one, and then uh, one year in the next one. I said it's a great goal. Hopefully that works, and you're healthy every step along the way. And hopefully beyond that, you know, hopefully by then it's it's a it's a whole lot more than that. But I agree with you, Tom, that that everyone wants to do that, and I think and that's what you do. You know, you uh, uh, maybe how would we say it? Prepare for the worst, and you know, hope for the best, and then do everything you can to be healthy and happy. But that's why we buy life insurance. That's why I have I have car insurance and I have fire insurance on my house. I hope I don't have a home house fire, and if I don't have a house fire someday, I'm not going to be looking back on oh. What a poor idea. What a poor decision <laughs> to buy fire insurance. Like, no, that was fantastic that mm. I didn't need it. But there is a peace of mind. And certainly financially, you know, that is a lot of what I we do, end up doing. I do get annoyed when I see how much I'm paying for my health care insurance and never using it that much. Yeah. Now, the health care insurance, uh, they apparently have a, a better lobby in Washington yeah. and Madison mm. than uh, the others. So that that's a different system. But uh, but no, it, it's really just, you know, prepare for this. So, you know, Andy, maybe the, the next logical step is you say, okay, uh, your kids are, are are now in college, so you know we were guessing that that you might still be in the in the you know working age. Um, as you get closer to retirement, you say, all right, well, what do I want to do? Even you know as we kind of piggyback Tom on that discussion earlier about what types of documents would you need if you're incapacitated? Powers of attorney for healthcare, powers of attorney for finances. You know maybe we can talk about is even in the second half of the show. You know, what do you do with your finances? Do you want to keep them? Do you want to protect them? You know, it's a, uh, it really does just kind of walk right down that whole scenario, and, and there's kind of a logical steps uh, that, that you can take. Well, let's take another call here. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Uh, this is Mike. Mike, you're on with Alan. Go ahead. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Alan. I, I've got uh, a question on the changes that are coming in the tax laws with the doing away with the step up in value. Sure. Uh, what can be done? Can our son wants our house? Can can we can we sell it to him and just not collect the the payment? Yeah, absolutely. The uh, that's called a gift, you know. The, and legally, that's a gift. Um, and I think when you do it, what I would not do, Mike, is I wouldn't say, "Well, we're going to uh, file some paperwork that says he paid us, but then he didn't pay us." Believe it or not, there are actually some IRS consequences to that. The IRS <laughs> I, wants a piece of that, so I, so don't I'm do that. Sure. But the no and and I would say the changes in the tax law, the ones that we know about now, Mike, I'm not sure where you're calling from, but if you're calling from California, no, uh, no, they no. had I think it's proposition 19 that addresses your question exactly. 
Uh, so in California, all of our California listeners uh, do not listen to this because you have to do some state-specific state we, things. We do have listeners in Minnesota and Florida that I know about. I don't <laughs> no, think we have any in California, though. This is Wisconsin. Okay, okay, Mike. So so for Wisconsin, um, the 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 I, I don't think the changes in the tax law that you describe are as imminent as you might think. Um, you know, a lot of the things, the, the changes in the step-up in basis, just for folks uh, out there, um, what, what Mike's talking about is uh, there are uh, uh, some, it, I would say, further extreme uh, members of, uh, of our parties who would say we want to revise the estate tax law, meaning when you die, Mike, right now the state says, or the federal government says, you can give $11.5 million tax-free um, without any estate tax. If your assets are above $11.5 million, then there is a flat 40% tax on everything after that. Well, you know, uh, it, it, most of our uh, most of the folks walking around the, the that I see are uh, quite a bit below eleven and a half million. So this is really not something they have to worry about. A few years down the line, they might reduce that. I think it's scheduled to come back down to somewhere around six million, give or take. Um, so really, the long term numbers: if you're below six million, there's no estate tax. Now, some folks have said, "Okay, that's fine." Um, what they're really concerned with is this step up in basis that you were talking about. Right. So the trade off for the estate tax. Um, is that when you die, whatever capital gain you have, uh, and again, we can, uh, whenever we need to take a break, we will, so we might pick this up in the second half, but but there's an income tax benefit when you die in exchange for this estate tax. And and some people have proposed it, but uh, Mike, if you're counting the heads in Washington, um, it really doesn't matter where the Senate comes out, it really doesn't matter where this comes out, um, they are not going to have the votes to do anything about that. So I would not do anything because of that with your son. There might be other reasons we want to deal with your house, um, but do not, I, I wouldn't use that one as the reason to do it. Oh, very good. Thank All right. You. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, we got another call lined up, but we need to take a break for some news. We'll do that first. Come back and take more of your calls. 715-845-2155. We're talking to attorney Alan Haugam, Haugam Law Firm here in Wausau. We'll be right back. Of Sex trafficking in the U.S. It's happening right now. Don't turn off the radio or change the channel. Don't cover your kids' ears, no matter how much you want to ignore it. Child trafficking is real. In fact, it's happening in your town. And you know what our greatest weapon against child trafficking is? It's our children. In the studio, I'm Tom King, along with attorney Alan Haugam. Let's go back to the phone this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Oh, my name is Mr. Coles. I'd like to get a hold of Chris Connolly, if that's possible. Well, he's not around today. You're going to have to call him on Monday morning. Thanks for the call. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. We're talking about estate planning today. If you have questions about uh, your um, plans for moving on, your plans for leaving your estate to others. I yeah, mean, and, and I think, uh, you know, we there, there's so many different stages. You kind of take Andy's call, but you kind of piggyback on Mike's call. You know, Mike, even maybe expanding on that, if people out there are wondering the conversation, just to give you, just go back a step or two, when what Mike was asking about is there's a step up in basis for anything that, for the most part, is not your home or your uh, uh, retirement accounts, IRAs and things like that. Anything that is non-qualified other than your home, you know, retirement accounts, 401ks, 403bs, 457s, IRAs, those are what we call qualified 
assets because they are tax qualified. If it's not in those categories, it's non-qualified. So it's generally, it's not tax qualified. So anything else, you got a piece of land, the farm, the cottage, just regular old stocks and bonds and mutual funds that are not in retirement accounts, any real estate, if you own a duplex, all that stuff. Um, if whatever you paid for it, if you paid 50000 and now it's worth you know 100000 well, the gain in that is taxable. So if you sell it, you have to pay capital gains tax on the capital gain. You paid 50, now it's worth 100. Well, the extra 50 is gain and you pay capital gains tax and, and you pay a few bucks on that. Um, and over your lifetime, that can be more and more and more. If you own a business, there's depreciation. So this is a, it could be a decent number. It's not the end of the world, but you know, I've, I would certainly rather something goes up in value. So if I sold it, I would, I would have a gain and then pay a tax than if it goes down in value and there's no gain. So we got that under the, uh, under control. But what happens is when you pass away, all of that capital gain gets wiped out. In Wisconsin, if you draft a marital property agreement, it all gets wiped out when the first spouse dies, but then you get it again all wiped out when the second spouse dies. Or if you're single, all that capital gain gets wiped out. So if I paid 50 and now it's worth 100, I'd have to pay capital gain on the second 50. But if I die and it goes to my children, they could sell it the day after I died for zero tax. There is a step up in the cost basis or the, or the cost calculation so it gets stepped up to a new cost basis of 100000 and they can sell it the next day for zero tax. That's what Mike is talking about. Um, and then on the, but they said, if you give too much to your kids, then we're going to make you pay a tax. So all this income tax, this step up in basis, that's still, that's still there. That's the way it is for anyone, no matter any uh, dollar amount. But if you give more than $11.5 million in, in today's world, then you have to pay this estate tax. Well, everyone would gladly take that trade, or most people would, because we're under $11.5 million, um, so we're okay with that. So what Mike is talking about is there were some rumblings, and I think this is probably more during the primary season even than uh, uh, than during the, the election season, but you know, would they ever get rid of the estate tax and say, now there will not be an estate tax at six million or eleven and a half million or any million. You can give as much as you want with zero estate tax forever, but the trade-off would be then we're not going to have this step up in basis. That's the trade. So, uh, and, and and that was proposed by a couple of folks that really do not have Mike to this point anywhere near enough support to get that to pass. Is that ever possible? Sometime for the rest of our lifetimes, boy, maybe. If that happened, there are other legal things we can do um, to deal with that, uh, and and so I would not, I would certainly not take any steps um, myself. Um, you know, you you never say never, but boy, I think there are other things um, that that would would save or or lose you much more money than that, Mike. That you might want to focus on ahead of time. Obviously, we know the people that are supporting that uh, are the people that uh, make more than seven million dollars. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And there's and there's there's different factions of it. You know, strangely enough, there there, you know, sometimes politics makes interesting bedfellows. But the certainly, I think Tom, you're right that the people over eleven and a half million, um, they are certainly anxious to get rid of a 40% flat tax in exchange for a 15% capital gains tax. So 
So there are some on that side that do like it. There's other people with different factions and different reasons. You know, sometimes I think it's just got to be the CPAs. You know, it's got to be the accountants. They just want to confuse us. But uh, no, we're just kidding. We tease the accountants, but uh, we love them. They uh, good CPA is is uh, is worth their weight in gold. You know, everybody tells lawyer jokes. Lawyers tell CPA jokes, right? <laughs> That's right. No, we 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 get together. So it, it is one where. Um, but I do think um, one of uh, uh, my CPA friends used to say every time they had the uh, whatever the new tax simplification act of whatever year it was, that just meant twice as much work for every CPA. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's go back to the phone here this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Hey, Tom. It's it's Steve. Hey, Steve. You're on with Alan. Go ahead. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Alan. Uh, I, I called a few weeks ago and talked to you, um, asking about long-term care insurance for people who have reached a certain age already that haven't done it, right? Yep. And, uh, you know, the, the key word was affordable, and you, you, know, you kind of chuckled with that, as I do. But you mentioned also there might be some partial helper uh, plans or, or something that might um, ease the burden a little bit for someone who's, you know, 68 or 70 years old that they could still purchase. And I guess I'm I'm just calling today to to get a further clarification on what what those might be. Sure. So, and okay. No, it's a good question. Steve. All right. Thanks for the call. So uh, you know, and and this gets back to when you think about long term care insurance. Some people think of this. They they still think of the old traditional long term care insurance, which just said you pay a premium. It's it's kind of like the car insurance, fire insurance on your house sort of a model that says you pay a premium every year. And if you ever need long-term care, if you ever need nursing home care, that then we will pay a set dollar amount uh, every month for a period of time. And there's always a lifetime maximum. So they would say, uh, okay, so if you pay us uh, this premium, and I would say 20 years ago, there was a a sweet spot where this was becoming a bigger industry um, and the premiums were, uh, I don't know, I want to say reasonable, but but they were, um, you know, more within the realm of possibility for most folks. And what they would do is say, we're going to pay 50% of your future care or 70% or 80%, or we're going to pay $5,000 a month or whatever it is. So you fast forward to today, and if you have not gotten that yet, uh, what that looks like, it's it's difficult, it's not impossible to get that, but what you probably end up with is a, a policy that you have to get, uh, you have to be healthy and, and probably a little bit younger to get these these days. Um, and you end up with a premium, and, and we will see folks who have this. It is not uncommon for them to have a premium of somewhere between, say, six or eight or $10,000 a year for that type of coverage. Um, and people say, what? <laughs> six to six to $10,000 a year, and sometimes more than that, to have any kind of meaningful coverage. That's not full coverage, mind you, um, but that's for meaningful coverage. So if you say the state average for nursing home care Right now, the room and board is the state average in Wisconsin is a little over $8,700 a month. And and the folks that we see, I would say, in the middle third of the state, it's probably a little more than that. We're probably maybe $1,000 a month more than that. Um, that that I don't know of any policies that would cover that. Um, and it's rare to see a policy that could cover even half of that. Um, and even then, those premiums that you have each year are, are pretty staggering. So realistically, 
Um, I think it's a good idea to talk to your professionals, talk to your financial professionals, talk to your insurance professionals, and just get a quote. Just ask them. Um, you know, that's one thing in the insurance industry. They are happy to run quotes um, just to just to get you talking about it. Um, and I think if only, and if it's if you find something that's that's meaningful coverage and it's in your price range, I say sign on. You know, sign on the line and and snap it up, um, just because it's it really is a, a staggering cost. But the other thing that that does is it at least lets you know um, if you don't buy it, it lets you know what the cost would have been. So you're not wondering, well, I should have. So that being said, that's a traditional model. And Steve, I think you might find um, some pretty significant costs for the coverage you get. If that doesn't work for you, then what the uh, the the industry has shifted to. Uh, more commonly, is they will say, well, what if you give us a lump sum? Let's say you give us uh, uh, $100,000, and I'm just making a number up. This is obviously different for everyone's age, gender, and health. So, But but if you give us a, a larger lump sum, something like that, we will give you uh, a pool of money to draw from um, for long-term care. And what that might be is if you give us $100,000, that comes to our insurance company, and if you ever need long-term care, we'll give you $200,000 worth of coverage. And you say, hey, that sounds like a great idea. I get twice as much as it cost? Yeah, I, that, that's pretty, I can see it. Um, if you don't use it, maybe we'll give you the same money as a death benefit. Maybe we'll give you a little more money as a death benefit if you never need long-term care. So you can say, this money is coming back to my family. I'm out 100000 or whatever that premium might be. I'm out that money. That's not coming back. But but at least I will have a pool of money that either goes for long-term care or will definitely come back as a death benefit. That's a win. And you might say, I get that. Those are out there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then there's even some of those policies, a number of those policies will even say, you can change your mind. What if you get 5, 10 years into this and you say, you know what? I don't care. I'm not going to need long-term care. I don't care about life insurance anymore. I need that $100,000 back. Um, that the insurance companies oftentimes will have something called a return of premium. So you could take your 100000 back. You don't get any interest on it. You don't get any any upgrade. But whatever you paid them, you can take back. Now, keep in mind, they're going to charge you each year some, you know, there's some rider or there is some fee for doing that. Um, but there's there's a little bit of a peace of mind. Now, In order to keep their lights on and pay their uh, executive bonus. They're an insurance yeah. company, and yeah. they have shiny buildings for a reason. Yeah. You know? but, the, uh, but, but it's coverage. And if you say, that, that fits my need, I think that is definitely something to take a look at. We're big, big fans of those kinds of things. It's just that the amount of coverage you would purchase, if you say, I'm going to get $200,000 of the coverage, well, at the rate the, the cost goes up, what's the cost of, of long-term care right now? It's probably between 100 and 120 per year. By the time you need it, it's probably going to cost 200000 a year. So York, that might be paying maybe for one year's worth of coverage. And at, when you take a look at that, you go, whoa. That's, that's where the sobering part, and that is where we do a lot of the legal work to say, I can insure for a little bit of this, but, but the bulk of it, I'm going to have to do some legal work to protect the rest of what I have. Or you decide to do the Viking way and just uh, send them out on a flaming boat to, you know, to well, Valhalla. I am Norwegian. I'm half Norwegian, Tom. You've so, got that. Uh, you've got that written down. But, that, that's um, the way you're going out. We're not going to put that in the notes okay. when we have a, a meeting mm-hmm. in the office. All right. <laughs> uh, we need to take a break here. We're going to come back with more. If you have a question for Alan, give us a call. We'll be right back. Now this day, here's Chris Conley. This band called themselves Bluesology, and they were about to get their big break on this day, November twenty first. You'd never run a car in your living room, right? So it only makes sense that you'd never run a portable generator inside your house either. Like a self-portrait, catch up on a TV series, do a puzzle. Remember, 
We should all stay home to lower the risk for everyone. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. COVID-19 is a severe lung infection. Trust the American Lung Association for science-based public health information, especially for the 36 million Americans who live with lung disease. We have resources to protect your lung health, access expertise from medical professionals, and peer-to-peer support through our online communities. Visit lung.org for daily updates or call 1-800-LUNG-USA. COVID-19. The outbreaks are serious. This is what's happening. This thing is surging. The vaccine news is really good. Keeps getting better even today. The light at the end of the tunnel. The latest update. Truly great news. At the top and bottom of the hour. 50% would not take the vaccine. We can beat this virus. Come back three, four, five more times today. People should have confidence in these vaccines. WSAU and WSAU.com. And we're back here in the studio. Reminder, Badger football today. The Badgers take on Northwestern. You can hear the game right here. Pre-game show at 12.30. Kickoff set for 2.30 this afternoon. We're with attorney Alan Haugam, uh, pinch hitting from Roll Kelch today. You're here next week as well, I believe. Oh, we're here next week. You know what? I think maybe, Tom, what we do next week is we expand a little bit on Steve's question is, uh, and I'll keep this, and and we'll uh, I'll keep the notes, you know, and what we'll do is say, all right, so... Steve, now Steve is, is going to call. You're not going to charge Steve two hundred dollars an hour to work on that uh, during. Yeah, the, Steve, this week. if you could send your your address and uh, no, we're just kidding about that. We not billable hours. No. We do almost nothing by the billable hour in okay. the office just because of that. But but no, I think it's. I, I would what I would think. I tell you what would be really fun, and I don't know what he's doing next week. And Steve, if you could find a uh, an insurance professional you could talk to, and again, it's a short week and it's three days and all those kinds of things, so this might not be realistic. But but find somebody and. And you'll never get a quote this fast because you have to go through kind of like medical questionnaires. But just get somebody and say, hey, what's realistic? Um, and uh, and then just take a look at it. You know, can't I you think, find that on the Internet? You can find almost everything on the Internet. <laughs> no, that no, one you, you do not find on the Internet. No? Now, you might get uh, some uh, flashy website with, uh, you know, call here, call here, 1-800-TERM uh, life insurance and, and something, something. But no, that, that stuff is uh, uh, maybe a little bit illusory. I would find a real human being. In your area, wherever you live, there's there's a number of them. If you need help, give us a call. We'll point you in the right direction. There's a number of uh, insurance professionals, financial professionals who are, are just really, really exceptional. Um, and and find someone good, and then say realistically, what's a number? I'm not going to hold you to it, but what's a range? And and they'll probably say, yeah, you know, here's here's what you're looking at depending on your on your health. If you're good, it's on this side. If you're not, it's on that side. But based on your age and your gender, they they can get you within a ballpark. And then you take a look at the lowest number they quote you on that if you're, you know, an Olympic athlete at your age and then and see what you think of that. Um, and and there is sometimes some sticker shock. So if that's the case or even if you say, no, that's a great number, I am going to purchase some long term care insurance, which, again, we are big, big fans of. Um, there's there's realistically nothing you can do that, that we know of where you can protect all of it using the insurance coverage these days. They just do not cover you for 100%. And it's because they have actuaries. They're they're good at what they do, and they understand the numbers of this. So then the second step is really just to say, how do I, if I don't purchase the long-term care insurance, or if I only get partial coverage, you know, how do we protect it? Um, and, and, you know, I think a little bit of this, too, is it ties into 
you know, there's if we have enough time, you know, we've gotten some questions in the office, and, and maybe we can tie this all together. If you don't have enough time today, Steve, don't worry. We will finish up next week. So uh, set your dials for 8 a.m. next Saturday. All right, let's go to the phone one more time this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Anthony. Anthony, you're on with uh, Alan. Go ahead. Morning, Anthony. Good morning. Say, Alan, I was uh, talking to my kid, and he works for the federal government, and he says that uh, they offer you know, him and like any family member, which would include me, of course, that they offer their own long-term care you know, through the federal government. You know, I don't know what you know about this, but could you possibly expand on, you know, what that program would be and what sure. the requirements are and so on and so forth? All right, thanks. Yeah. No, so, Anthony, what that deals with is, and we have a few, you know, uh, Wisconsin, central Wisconsin in particular, doesn't have a lot of federal employees. Um, you know, other places, you know, if you're in, uh, you know, uh, Virginia and Maryland and, you know, those kind of places, there's tons of them. And But but here's not as many, but we do have some. And what that is, is the, the federal government uh, has for, and, and I didn't know that if your son works for them or your child works for them, that a parent is a part of it. You might want to double check that one. I don't think that's the case, at least not for the ones we have seen. Uh, but for dependents, it is possible. Uh, so what that is, though, is if you pay some extra amount of money, then it's almost like a term life insurance. You know, if, if you pass away while you're working, you get this. And then for the long-term care insurance, certainly if you need long-term care while you're working, it's covered. And then some even, obviously, with the nature of long-term care being something we see more in, in an older age, that that can even extend beyond your retirement. So I would certainly take a look at that. If there is any coverage, um, I would, like we said before, we're big fans of it, jump on it. You know, if, if you're a federal employee and you can do that, absolutely. The one thing with those policies, though, the group policies, is those are generally not guaranteed. And they, they can, and from what we have seen, they do often uh, adjust the terms of that as years go by. And usually not, um, they don't adjust the terms to give you more coverage yeah. for the same cost uh -huh. or more coverage for less cost. It's the other direction. Yeah. You know, there's some school districts um, here in, in our listening area um, that used to have group long-term care policies. Same way, just like you're talking about, Anthony. And people call in, you know, teachers and support staff would say, hey, this sounds like a great idea. It's cheaper than I can buy it by myself because it's a group policy, a little bit better dollar, you know, return for your dollar. And uh, they paid and paid and paid. And then over the years, they said, well, we're going to adjust the, the program. And he said, well, wait a minute. You know, how do you adjust the program? Well, you know, just budgets get tighter. And that's one of the things that they can cut. And it, it really does. So we have seen that is one um uh, it, it is difficult because then they would say, well, if you want to continue it, we're going to make this a private program so you can continue it because I've been paying in for years. All that money is going to be gone. They said, no, 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 no. We're just not going to have the, the same group benefits anymore. We're going to turn it into an individual policy. So you can take your benefits, but now you have to pay individually and you don't get the group prices. And they say, well, then, you know, if I don't get group pricing. The cost is going to go up by four times or, you know, whatever the multiple is. It's a, it's a pretty significant number. I can't afford that. And they say, oh, well, then you can let it drop. I say, well, if I let it drop, all the money I paid in is gone. So you're in kind of a catch-22 there. But uh, but I think take a look at it, see what the guarantees are, see what that is. Um, uh, and if there is, if after taking a look at it, it is something that, that you're interested in, I would have no hesitation to jump on that. Um, it doesn't, it's not going to cover 100%, obviously, but uh, but anything is, is worth it. All right, we're out of time for today. If folks want to get a hold of you on Monday, how can they do that? Well, Tom, uh, we have an office on the west side of Wausau. 
the uh, so stop in and uh, if you if you let us know you're coming, we might even have some uh, fresh baked chocolate chip cookies for you. But uh, the uh, phone number there is seven one five eight four three five zero zero one seven one five eight four three five thousand one. Or the internet's probably even easier. The website is ahogamlaw.com. So H O U G U M. L-A-W, hogamlaw.com. All right. Well, we'll talk to you again down the road. Well, now, next, next week. week. Yeah, we'll next see you week. there, Tom. Okay. Have a great week. Have All a great right. Thanksgiving. Yes, indeed. All right. We've got the news coming up, and the polka shows are on the way as well. Don't forget Badger football once again this afternoon. Badgers and Northwestern in a battle of top 20 teams, and you can catch all of the action right here. Pre-game show at 1230, and uh, the kickoff set for 230 this afternoon on WSAU.